0: Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. This is a talk from our Stockwell service. To find out about upcoming talks at each of our services, or to listen to other talks, please visit ChristchurchLondon.org. Thank you. So I'll be reading from Luke chapter 6, verses 46 to 49. The wise and foolish builders. Why do you call me, Lord, Lord, and do not say, sorry, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house, who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck the house, but it could not shake it, because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice he is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Good morning, everyone. Very good to see you. And uh, I have been looking forward to uh, sharing uh, this particular message with you this morning. Um, I also really enjoyed watching the film with David and Helen. I was quite amazed at the way they were alive, even when it was the other one speaking. I actually think next next time I speak and Helen is in the room, I will have her up here and just to smile at me all the time and say amen and laugh at the right time. So she's not here today, so that's up to you guys, just so you know. Um, And... uh, I too, along with the rest of the staff, we were moved by Helen's word. We recognized it as a greeting from God and choose to follow it ourselves uh, and also felt like we need to extend that invitation to the rest of the church. Uh, And I thought, Lou, you did that in a very lovely way. So we really do want everyone to feel invited, but also not to feel under pressure. And just to say, I know that for some of us, we are really squeezed at this time. Uh, these are challenging times that we go through financially for many of us. And, and sometimes it's not so much about the amount, uh, but the heart is really important. So I would say if you're like, well, it's such a big amount, so it doesn't make any difference. But I would say if you can give five pounds, those could be really, really, really important. Uh, In my experience, it's not only kind of the total when it comes to money, but it's just as much, if not even more, the the total of people who chose to be part of it. So I just want to say that to you. So if you feel like, well, five pounds is all I have, or three pounds, what do I know? Well, that matters as much as any other gift in this context because it's the heart of us joining one another which really is the important thing. So we're going to talk about, uh, actually, I'm not going to talk about foolish builders. I'm going to talk about wise builders uh, building their lives on a rock. And um, my family actually comes from a very small and beautiful island. Uh, It's the only place in Denmark where we have rocks. So for Danes, this is a very special place. And as a family, uh, we used to go there practically every year for a long period of time. And every time we went there, we would go to this particularly beautiful place with amazing views to the sea, and there was one particular spot where we would always stop, pause, and just enjoy in a particular way. And right in front of that place was this rock in the sea, about 100 feet out there. And the interesting or even fascinating thing was that every time we came there, things were different so, the waves would look different, the sky would look different, the colors would be different, the weather would be different, all the surroundings out there, they would be different. But the rock remained the same. And there was something securing around that, something that really fascinated us. And have you noticed that, in a way, as we are journeying through our lives, we are many of us looking for rocks or lighthouses, or navigation points, something or someone that doesn't change, no matter how much other things around us, they do change. I have a number of those navigation points in my life. One of them is Alfred, and you'll see a picture of him up there. And As you can see, it's taken quite a while ago. He was probably one of the most remarkable uh, leaders in Christianity in Denmark in the 20th century, and I had the privilege of sitting in his class in the Bible college that he had founded himself. And still to this day, it's more than 30 years ago, I remember key sentences, and I remember facial expressions, and there are sessions with Alfred that I can very clearly recollect, and I know that session actually made an impression on me that will be lasting for the rest of my life. So Alfred was uh, a guy who had this particular faith for big things. And he had a very short lifetime, actually, but within that short lifetime, he was leading us as a movement in Denmark, and not only his own movement, but many other movements as well, into incredible things. And he has this habit of reading the Scripture quite significantly every morning. It was the first thing he was doing in the morning, and that was how he ended his day as well. It was a habit he picked up actually here in the UK, where he as a very young man attended a Bible college here. Uh, That taught him the value of the Word of God, and he never let go of that. So when Alfred preached, it was almost like a symphony or uh, it was so rhythmic and it was kind of one Bible quote woven into the next. You, you rarely hear anyone preach like that anymore, but it was, it was quite unique. And typically after a talk by Alfred, you felt like, oh, I'm full. <laughs> it's just like amazing, rich stuff that came out because he was living this word all the time. Now, I have living navigation points as well. And you would recognize those who come up on the screen now. This is Nikki and Peppa Gumbel. Uh, And so they are two of my living navigation points. And just a few weeks ago, I was online watching the uh, Alpha Leader Conference, and... I was witnessing Nikki's joy when he had people up on stage who were talking about how the love of Jesus had transformed their lives and he was just shining with joy and with love of these people. And and now uh, Nikki and Pepe are at the age of around 70 I believe they have new dreams and plans. They have a 10-year a plan for absolutely amazing things, bigger than they have ever been part of before. And I was like, wow, other people would retire at that age, but you just go, you jump even bigger. Isn't that amazing? I know it's painful when someone that we thought was a rock turned out to be less so. That does happen. And, and to be honest, I feel that pain too when it happens. I feel it quite deep. But let's not forget that next to any one well-known leader fallen stand a thousand unknown and unsung leaders and other people who go all the way no matter what storms come their way. And I think it's important that we focus on them as they radiate the one that they are following themselves, Jesus Christ and I just want to take the opportunity talking about this also to thank those of you who show this kind of rock character in this community. I speak about it other places, but not so much when I am here. How much I am infatuated, and it speaks about it as well, the character that we have experienced in this community. And it's it's. Without that character, we wouldn't be us today as Christ Church London. We wouldn't be on the adventure that we are on. We wouldn't have the bandwidth to do the things that we are doing because the further the rich, the stronger the core needs to be. That's just simply how it works. If you want to reach far, if you want to have a big vision, well, then the core needs to be really strong. And we have been on an Amazing adventure where we have seen service plants, we have seen the adventure of everything and of steps and many other things. And it's only because of a strong core of people committing themselves that all of this could have happened. So just want to say huge thanks. And now to the text, uh, which is a fairly explicit. One and some of you would have heard numerous talks on this text before, so you kind of feel like, Oh, I already know this talk. Well, you don't. This particular one you have never heard before. I promise, at least not with an accent like the one I have. (laughs) So, um, how do we engage with this text today? And I would suggest three things. Two of them are very obvious. The third, I would suggest it's probably not as obvious, at least not until you dig into it. Number one, let's celebrate. Number two, let's listen. And number three, let's put into practice. So that's a surprise one. Why celebrate? What's that got to do with this text? Well, because there's a reason to. And when there is a reason to celebrate, it's a really good idea to do so. Take every reason to celebrate that you can find and do it. Too many of us, myself included, forget about that. We are just busy hurrying on to the next. But let's celebrate every time there is an opportunity to celebrate. But also because our way into these words of Jesus often misleads us. So how so? Well, if we miss out of the pretext to these words of Jesus, we probably miss out on the opportunity to respond to them appropriately. So this is really important stuff. We kind of know that. This parable is kind of about life. It's about a life that goes well or about a life that doesn't go well. So it really is important Stuff. So what is the backdrop? Well, it's Jesus who speaks these words to people who had already experienced the fruit of his ministry. They had fresh memories of Jesus demonstrating the absolute love of God by casting out demons, by healing the sick, and by uh, comforting the brokenhearted. Jesus had done all of that. They had experienced it, and they had seen it, and that was the reason why they were right there where they were. That was why these people in particular was listening to these very words of Jesus. So the thing is, if we hear these words without this sort of backdrop, all we tend to hear is a new demand on us, right? Another thing which we aren't doing well enough And the test is really simple. So here comes the test. It's only for those of us who actually listened while Hélène was uh, (laughs) reading the text. So here's the test. When you heard it, did it inspire joy hearing these words? Or did they inspire indifference or fatigue or a sense of guilt? Or maybe even a sense of... Defeat. I know I'm being annoying right now, but (laughs) bear with me. It's quite important, actually. What was our inner response when we heard these words? Now, when we come from grace, the words of Jesus actually always opens up a world of wonders. But when we don't come from grace... The words of Jesus sometimes tend to open a door to discouragement and fatigue. Have you noticed? So, celebration is actually our way of directing our focus towards Jesus. And in celebration, we realize and we internalize that it is all about Jesus. But not only that. It's also all on Jesus. We are just the little ones tacking along on an adventure with the big one, Jesus Christ. That's what we realize when we celebrate, and that puts things into perspective. I now know that it's not really up to me any longer I now know that I will just become smaller and smaller and smaller the closer I get to the big guy, Jesus Christ. And the more I do that, the more I find that it's quite all right. That's actually where we find joy in this life. So let's celebrate that Jesus is the rock. Let's celebrate that He is the firm foundation, that His words never fail that even if heaven and earth should perish, not the tiniest part of His Word will perish. It will remain. Let's celebrate that He Himself is yes and amen to all the promises that is given in His words. Let's celebrate that He who is yes and amen is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Let's rejoice in the fact that He is the shining morning star that clears away the darkest of nights and proclaim a new day over our lives. Let's celebrate Jesus. Let's thank Him with everything that we have within us. He's our rock. He's our mighty fortress. He's our place of refuge. He's our hiding place. He's our certainty in a world made up of uncertainties. That's who he is. He is the rock. And we need the rock. Have you noticed? The replacement rocks of this world are but fleeting sand. And we can build nothing lasting on them. So our health insurance, sorry to say it, it's not going to save us. Our savings... They are not going to save us either. Our good looks, it will fade away. Sorry about that. Our good health, well, it will not last. Our social media friends, we may have many of them. I know they are only a click away, but they are also only a click away. And the list simply goes on and on. And it's quite interesting, isn't it? We know all of this. We have heard it, and we have heard countless of stories, and we have seen the documentaries, so we know that these things are fleeting, right? This is not news to us. We know that they don't help much in times of storms. And yet, we tend still to be very preoccupied with them. It's kind of a global insanity going on. Have you noticed? Remember, Einstein, he said that if insanity is repeating an act, expecting a different result. So we are a bit like, well, it didn't make her happy to be rich, but I probably would be. And then we just go on and on like that. So, of course, these things may be nice to have. So I certainly think so. So I really appreciate my good looks, for example. I think that's a really good thing. So I like these things. Don't laugh, Lou. (laughs) This is important. I like these things, but I can't build my life on them. They provide no security. They provide no foundation at all. We need the rock. I was reminded of sociologists back in the 1980s that I was reading back then. And some of them, they, they talked about our time. What will it be like And what they said was that it would be a time marked by lack of foundations. They said that it would result in a schizophrenic state where people would feel without foundations in the past and without lighthouses leading them into the future. Isn't that interesting? They said that it would leave us in a floating state, leaving us struggling with identity. Boy, they were right about that. We really need a rock. We need Jesus, because the Bible claims that He is the only true rock that we can build our lives on. His words and His life, His death and resurrection have been tested and challenged um, throughout all generations, throughout time, and it still stands today. And even in this moment, throughout time zones over this world, There will be millions of stories, millions of testimonies about how the encounter with the Word of Jesus and with the love of Jesus have transformed lives. Isn't that amazing? It still stands. So let's celebrate Him. He is Emmanuel, God with us, which means that when we come to Him, He will not reject us he is connected to us as a master as a friend and as a brother he has tied himself to us by an eternal love declaration when he died on the cross a never-ending promise of grace upon grace upon grace upon grace so let's rejoice in him he surely is a mighty rock he who comes to me says Jesus and he is My words. We come to Him by celebrating Him. And celebrating leads our heart to the right place where we can listen right. So we are now coming to Him. We are now listening to Him. And His words, to use the picture, would be the material making up the atoms of the rock. So we really need to hear His words. The music and lyrics of of a guy who was kind of called the apostle of the second gospel wave, it's probably only a few of us who would remember him, his name is Andre Crouch. Um, He was kind of the musical backdrop, backdrop to my teenage years and my youth. We just heard him all the time. And one of his songs has stuck with me, I still put it on from time to time. And the lyrics, they go like this. We need to hear from you. We need a word from you. If we don't hear from you, what will we do? And they just go on and on singing these lyrics. And there is an essential poverty expressed in these words, if you think about it. It's like the words of Jesus from the Sermon of the Mount, Blessed are the poor in the Spirit. They're kind of humming in the background of this song. Now the thing is, if we don't need to hear from Him, if we don't need a word from Him, then we are the poorest of the poorest of people on this planet because we have substituted the rock with fleeting sand. That is simply the case. And when the storm comes, no matter what circumstances of life we have, they will take us down. That is just the fact of it. And I believe we know this. I think the challenge for us is that sometimes we go numb because of what is going on in our lives. And our capacity for inputs is, well, at capacity, right? Sometimes. So we are in reaction mode or in survival mode rather than being in a listening mode. And I know some of us, we know how that is. At least I know I do. Sometimes all we can mobilize is the desire to desire to hear from Him. Right? Sometimes that's where we need to start. So what do we do when we are in periods of like, like that? Well, I believe that we need to remember that it's not only me listening, me hearing from God, it is us. We need to hear from you. It's our listening, not only my listening. And I really feel blessed by being in a community like ours where we constantly are surrounded by people who are asking the question, what is the Father saying? So they're kind of listening. They're looking for it. What's he saying? And when they sense it, they are sharing. We've just heard an example of it. Helen saying, when we prayed, I sensed that God was saying double. It's an example of it. The rest of us, we didn't hear it until she shared it. As she was sharing it, at least some of us recognized this is God speaking. So now we became part of her listening. So our ears are geared differently, and our Heavenly Father is the God of all languages and the God of all expressions. And some are geared particularly towards hearing warnings, actually, about take care, be careful about this and that. Others have a particular eye for how God encourages us at this particular, particular time. They simply have a particular eye for the joyful eye of God, and So there are many different ways. So we become like a symphony of people listening and sharing what we are hearing. And we are part of the we listening to all of this. So we need to hear from Him. And we need each other to listen well. So here's the question. Do we want to hear from Him? Do I want to hear from Him? Do you want to hear from him? So here are a few practical tips. Number one, if you do want to, read aloud. So a friend of mine in Denmark who is a pastor, we had a kind of a inspiring, but it probably went a bit too far, way back in the early in this century, where there was a lot of focus on you need, to have a prof- you need to hear a prophetic word from God. And people were kind of chasing the poor prophets for a prophetic word. And, and it went too far. Uh, so he, he was kind of balancing things. So he took the stage at a big national conference. And then he asked the questions. Uh, I will never forget this moment in the congregation. Do you want to hear from God? And people were like, yeah, <laughs> come give it to us. And then he said, take your Bible and read aloud. <laughs> and it was kind of that was all he needed to do and things kind of fell into place oh yeah that's what we all have he's given this to us it's his living word read aloud and you are hearing the word of god isn't that amazing it's so close to us then read repeatedly because our minds are disrupting themselves all the time have you noticed so we actually need to read repeatedly I dare you, none of us can keep it all when we read just once. So we need actually to repeat our reading, to really get into it. Read slowly. It helps you to listen and it slows down the pace of our thoughts. Have you noticed? Our thoughts, they go like this. (laughs) And we need help to slow them down. And actually by reading slowly, that really starts to happen. Then read conversationally. Talk to the living Word. That's why it's the living Word. So, Jesus, why did you say that? And and, and what, what did the disciples feel about that? I wonder how they responded. I wonder how it changed their lives. And Jesus, how does this really speak into our nation at this point in time? And Jesus, how could I pray over this Word? Am I one of those people in this story? So you start to ask questions to the text. And this is integral for digging deep, building the foundation. It really resembles the work on a building site. When, when Med and I arrived here in London, we lived at London Bridge where they built all the time. And the, next to the station, there was this hole in the ground. And I was wondering, whenever will they get done with this hole in the ground? They just kept on and on and on and on. And it seemed like nothing was happening. But then they finally actually got to build the foundation. And then the rest of it happened really quickly. So, there's this foundationally really, really important word work. So, read aloud, read repeatedly, read slowly, read conversationally, and finally, read in the morning or listen in the morning on one of the amazing uh, Bible apps that we have out there. So, why in the morning? Well, in many ways, the mornings make up the foundation for the rest of the day. Have you noticed? That's just how it really is. A German uh, acquaintance of mine, who probably stole it from someone else, she used to say that the battle, sorry, she would say that the war is won before the battle. And I was like, that's really clever. The war is won before the battle. And life really sometimes does resemble a war, doesn't it? If it doesn't go on out there, then it goes on in here, in our thoughts or in there, in our emotional life. There is a lot of, a lot of battles going on. It's a bit of a war zone living this life. So the preparation for the battle decides the outcome of the war, and therefore our mornings are crucially important. Hear the good news before you start reading the bad ones. It's a very simple advice, but it's a quite crucial one. So what happens when we receive the Word of Jesus consistently and intentionally like this? Reading aloud, reading slowly, reading repetitively, reading conversationally, reading it in the morning. Well, the... Experienced spiritual leaders of the early Christianity, they would say that it leads us to a place of de-stress, a place of inner peace, a place of rest. And they would say when you get to that place, then you actually start to hear a different voice from all the other voices going on in there what my mother used to say to me, what my father is expecting of me, what I'm expecting of myself, what my employer thinks of me and my friend thinks of me and what's in the social media. You hear the voices, right? They're all there, thousands of them. But now you start to hear a different voice. And they would say, that's the voice of God starting to speak to you. And they would say, so what does He say? Well, He talks about how much He cares for you. That's actually what He says. Every time we get to the point of hearing God's voice, it's always what He says. We always expect something different. But He always says those very simple things. I love you. I care for you. I like you. And we become very small, very little. And they would say that leads us into the real reality of life, where we see ourselves in the light of the grace of God and therefore see ourselves truly and see God as He truly is. And they would say, in this light of the grace of God, that's where we start to see each other in a very true way. So they would say, this is the real reality of life that we are engaging with when this happens. The rest of it, that's just fleeting shadows. That's how they would put it. So when this happens, when we we live like this, The rest of what Jesus says, putting his words into practice, comes almost as a natural consequence. As naturally as we see fruits on a fruit tree or a baby being born after a pregnancy, obedience becomes a joy and a privilege rather than a burden. It becomes the most natural thing to do. A privilege to obey. Jesus says, he who comes to me, we celebrate, who hears my word. He, we listen and put them into practice. They are the wise builders building their house on the rock. And there's really no interpretation needed, needed for the last bit, is there? It's the story of the Good Samaritan. We know who's the good, who the good guy is in the story. It's the guy who actually did the stuff, Right? who helped the poor man on the road. And then you had the professional listeners, the priests and what have you, passing by, not doing a thing about it. They were the bad guys. So it's quite simple, that story. But I guess sometimes we forget about it. It's better to learn to practice the little you know, rather than seeking constantly to increase your knowledge. Understanding is good, it's even fine, it's quite important, but it's still kindergarten. Obedience, that's graduation in the kingdom of God. So rather know one thing that you are obedient to, than all of it, practicing none of it. And I really believe it's time for us to see an increase in our hunger for practicing the Word of God and actually engage with the simplicity of it. Final point. I know it's warm today, but final point. I believe that we in the Western world somehow have tricked ourselves into believing that we are only obligated to obey what we understand. If you think about it. Where on earth did we get that from? Just think of it, those of us who are parents in the room, we, we would kind of say, if we used that principle in our home, we would be in trouble, right? If the kids were only to obey what they understood. There are times where parents would say that, because I love you, because I'm trustworthy, because I know better, and because you haven't reached the point of maturity, where you're able to grasp the meaning of this, would you please do this because I said so? And they would be right in doing it. And poor children, if that wasn't the case. And sometimes it's like that in the kingdom of God. God actually asks for obedience before asking for understanding. And sometimes you will never understand before you start to obey. That's a heavy point to land on, isn't it? but it's quite an important one. If you will join me, please, Tonya and Tom. So friends, what I see in front of me, those of you that I know well, is people who are really eager to be wise builders. And I feel privileged to be in the company of you guys. I know that it's my own heart's desire, but I also know how life works, that I need to be renewed in this again and again, be renewed in the simplicity of it. And maybe that's the case for some of us today. We need to be renewed again. Where did celebration go in our lives? Maybe we need to invite that back, make it more part of our everyday life. Celebrate Jesus, just for who He is. Where did the listening go? And some of us say, in the business of life. (laughs) Where on earth will I find time? Well, time is there. And we will save time other places if we take time to listen to Jesus. That's actually how it is. And for some of us, this is a moment also just to reflect on the bit about putting the words into practice. And Tom, you will start playing now, and we'll just give a little little time just to reflect on that. And let this word meet our own lives. And maybe even just asking the question. So what is that that God has spoken to me about? what is it that I have obeyed in my life and that I can celebrate today? That is important. Celebrate where you have seen obedience in your life, where you have chosen, even when there's been a cost, you have chosen to obey. Celebrate that. That's wonderful. That's courageous. That's right. And it's a firm foundation in your life maybe also there to ask the question are there things God has spoken to me historically that I still haven't put into practice somehow I have hesitated I have paused gone around it instead instead of through it lost it a little bit and are there things God is speaking to me about today that I simply need to decide and plan to put into practice. When we're simply opening up our hearts and say, in this atmosphere of being with one another, being centered around the word of Jesus Christ, we just allow our hearts to listen. Say, Jesus, be free to speak to me, be free to talk. I'm your servant, I'm listening. Do whatever you want. Speak to me whatever you would like. I'm here for you. So Holy Spirit, I thank you that as we are in this reflecting moment together, that you are here with us. Like a breath of life from heaven, breeze coming through the room holy spirit you are the wind blowing touching our hearts in different ways speaking to us and doing your work and we do say come holy spirit and speak the word of jesus christ deep into our very being into the foundations of our lives Thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Holy Spirit, remind us of the things where we need to be reminded today. We glorify your name.